Conway McLaughlin on the fishbowl. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to swim in the bowl with me. It'll be fun. I hope I hope somebody catches something out of here, <laughs> not COVID. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let's just hope the temperature is just right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, first, uh, I was saying to you before, I'm a huge, huge fan. You have been an inspiration for uh, basically a lot of my screenwriting ideas and just film in general. It's great. Um, thank you. Absolutely. I'm a, it's great to talk to you and just to, to get to tell you this stuff. Um, my first question for you is uh, obviously uh, the big thing here is Jason Part 6. Yeah. Um, probably considered one of the best installments in the franchise. Uh, a lot of people's favorites. Yeah, I'm surprised, you know, but honored and blessed after all these years, yeah, 36 years, it's still people are still coming up like they just saw the movie. It's amazing. Right. The energy, it's great. I, I, I really like it, um, I, you know, because, you know, essentially at that point, Jason was dead, you know, and that was like the end of the franchise, essentially. Yeah, part four was supposed to be it, but right. did so well, they went, no, we're going to keep it going. <laughs> it's just like all the Friday and, I mean, um, Nightmare and, you know, how great the classic franchises of the 80s and 90s, and I'm a diehard Jason fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I always, my, my favorite was Freddy, but I prefer Jason over Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because without Michael, none of this stuff I don't think would have happened. I know. John Carpenter did such an amazing job with the first Halloween, and it was an excellent suspense movie on top of it all. Right. Um, and just that whole thing of, somebody that you don't know exactly what their agenda is and you can't see their face and it's frightening you know? and it just without that i don't think there would have been you know a jason um although the first obviously friday did not have any killer right, like that right. and this and a wonderful twist i love the first one i think it's just a great idea of taking that that thing and twisting it to wait a minute a woman did this and then of course you find out her backstory and it kind of makes sense right you know, that right. her son died so, you know, and then once it took off after that, it's like, well, we can't make the second one about the kid. So they just jumped him up into full adult. <laughs> right. And it's like, people say, well, what happened there? And I said, pretty much nothing. I mean, Adrienne King is in the second one. She looks exactly the way she looked in the first one. But Jason's gone from this boy to full guy with the, you know, elephant man sack on. So, but the fans just kind of go along with it or come up with their own, you know, story about right, the thing. Right. Yeah, it was just really about having some kind of a, you know, killer that you don't see his face. And then I think I heard that Sean S. Cunningham has the rights to it again or so, something like that. And it's so it's, tricky. It's a very messy territory from what exactly. I understand. Exactly. You know, I've written a sequel to mine that they, takes place in 1999. 13 years after I put him down into the lake. And I'm sort of like going, I'm, it's not that I'm not including any of the other movies, I wanted to just kind of make a standalone right. Friday. But the main thing after, I guess it was 32 years before I finally came up with an idea, because people kept saying, you ought to do another one. I said, I just don't have any ideas. I went, wait a minute, we've never seen one in the snow. I mean, but, you know, heavy snow, like the thing, John Carpenter's right, thing kind right. of, you know. And then I thought, well, what if Crystal Lake you know, was obviously still there, and the camp is now closed down. But across the camp, uh, on the other side of the lake, is uh, Camp Christian Lake, and it's a <laughs> spiritual retreat where they, and during the winter, you know, they, you know, religious group, Christian groups, and in this case, a Catholic group of high school girls and an Irish nun 
come there and are completely trapped. And of course, Jason comes up through the ice in a very theatrical way. And, you know, they don't know anything about who this is and stuff. And he's looking for somebody. So it's a whole different kind of approach that I wanted to take, but I needed to keep it there in Crystal Lake. I like that idea a lot. Uh, that's, you know, it's an interesting setting. We've never seen Jason in snow. We've seen him in space. <laughs> We've seen him uh, go to hell. We've seen him pretty much in all these other settings, but snow would be an awesome setting. Um, yeah. I, I think there's something dreadfully eerie about the cold and, and yeah. being stuck in you know, a blizzard. Yeah, because if you run, I mean, for one, we're going to see where you're going. Right, <laughs> Your tracks right. are there, like in the and Shining. There's, there's not just like the threat of Jason, there's the threat of freezing. There's, oh, yeah. There's multiple yeah. Uh, just nature threats yeah. that, that are all there. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I really, really hope uh, that, that it comes to fruition. Yeah. I'm trying to get it to Sean Cunningham now, because obviously Victor White, the young Jason, right. and the mother, Crystal Lake is going to be on uh, Peacock. Right, right. And uh, I've got a whole story with that, but nothing I can do with that because they've got their own. Uh, but this one I'm hoping, you know, because all Sean's talking about right now is remaking the first one or re remaking the second one. Right. And I don't know if the fans want to see remakes of stuff. I, I mean, I, it seems like you want fresh I, I ideas. Can, I can tell you from being a fan, I don't think we do want that. We, personally, I think we want something new. So something, you know, not as much as like I love Friday the 13th, I love Halloween, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, I love Hellraiser, I love Leprechaun, you know, um, you know, it's like the, the, they were great franchises and, you know, I would love to see sequels and everything if they're done yeah. right like yours, um, but I think it's, I think really what the audience wants to see is like a new Jason or like a new Freddy, you know, not in the sense of like rebooting it or, you know, remaking it, but something like like this generation's Jason or yeah. this, this generation's Freddy, you know, something like that. And, you know, I mean, I'm a diehard Friday the 13th fan, a diehard, you know, all the classic slashers, and I love them and I still pay to go see them in theaters and everything because they're great. You know, who doesn't like seeing, you know, Jason go after, you know, the whole, you know, slasher scenario, yeah. you know, versions of what it is and everything. But, um, you know, I would just love to see Hollywood, like, just putting new stuff out. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, I think, is the issue right now. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, I, as I said, I got the script, I've got storyboards, um, you know, I've got the mask, because the mask is going to look a little different, because awesome. it's been down there 13 years. So there's certain things that I wanted to bring, to, you know, kind of freshen it up, but stay with the basics, you know, which is that right. claustrophobic, you know, like in the forest, you know, it's like you can keep running, you'll just keep coming. Right, but right. Once we have this element of the snow and stuff, it's, you know, a whole other, you know, impossible thing to get out of without, like you say, freezing exactly. or him right on your trail. What, what did you think of Freddy versus Jason? I was offered that right after I did Jason Lives, and they couldn't get the rights you know, from New Line at that time. Right. So when it came up again and I went in, I pitched a very different type of Jason Freddy movie. Um, at New Line just said, no, we really want him to be, you know, together. And I said, well, one, you know, kind of is in the dream realm, and then he comes in, and then Jason is in, you know, the real world. 
I'm not sure. Well, we think we got a way to do it. So, and I thought they did a good job with it. You know, it, I just found myself. I take this stuff too logically. You know, <laughs> but it's cinema logic, which right. is very different than logic logic. There's certain right, things you can get right. away with uh, in the movies. It's like, oh, okay. You know, part of that story, that fairy tale, that myth, that legend. But you know, there's also that thing of like. Are you going to be that stupid to go down? You saw the monster go in the basement. You're going to go down there with a <laughs> stick or something. You know, it's like, come on. You know, right, so, right. And some movies they don't think about that. They just go, you know, oh no, that's what's going to happen. So um, I just find that if you try to find something that feels like it's not what is expected, but it works and it's surprising. Awesome, awesome. Um, one more film I want to talk about of yours that uh, we were just talking about before that I'm a huge fan of. It's a huge inspiration and sometimes they come back. And I was wondering how did that all come about? Dino De Laurentiis had bought so many of the Stephen King books and titles and stuff and it was the last one that he had and it was supposed to be a short that was going to be part of Cat's Eye and one of the other ones that he had. I can't remember which one. So it was going to be like three shorts mm -hmm. in one film. But then he decided, you know, I like this as a movie, so we put it aside. And after I did Date with an Angel for him, you know, he said, you know, I got this Stephen King thing, but I don't like this kind of shit. But uh, you know, and so we looked at it together, and we ended up bringing in another writer and started, you know, working on it and trying to get the family aspect of it a little more uh, prevalent in the piece. And it was just. You know, it was a nightmare to shoot because things went wrong every day on the set. We came to find out we were shooting on ancient Indian burial ground that had been dug up. <laughs> oh, so who knows? But we had a lot of issues. And at the end of the day, it all just kind of came together. And the music that Terry Pomeroy came up with, I just loved. It just had the heart of what right. I wanted that to be. So yeah, to me, it's, it was a wonderful film with all the problems it, that ended up being there. Awesome, awesome, and I just have to say like that that film was probably I, I was watching it when I was writing my, my script on Hellraisers uh, because really the whole idea in my script for Reaser Demon Twins came from Sometimes They Come Back, and it has a very prominent like Stephen King influence uh, without Stephen King being relevant um, and. People who are, I'll just say, when it gets made, people who are horror fans um, will love this film. And um, it's, it's just been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, talking about your work. And again, I'm a huge fan. And uh, thank you for taking the time to swim in the bowl with me. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome.